Hallelujah. Do you know that today? That He won't fail you? That you'll make it through? Oh, what a, what a friend we have in Jesus. I'm thankful today that God has seen. Hey, there's some folks in here you could say, God saw me through. That's right. One time Israel, it says in Scripture, Israel said, if it had not been for the Lord that was on our side. Oh, man. I'm glad that he's on my side today. And that he said, I'm going to stick with you. I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. That means no matter what I face, I'm going to get through it. God's going to get me through. Let's give him another hand clap and shout of praise this morning. Appreciate the Lord. Appreciate our music and our singers today, our sound and media. God bless all of them that do those things that we just take for granted sometimes because we're just so used to it, but I'm thankful for all the hard work they do and uh, for our security teams, people that you don't really think about, but they're out there watching the parking lots and making sure we're safe. So appreciate everybody. I appreciate you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord, all of our friends and loved ones that are here today. So glad to see you. It was so good to see brother and sister Swalls this morning. I'm so glad they're here. They'll, all, they'll always be REC family. It don't matter where they're at. So we're glad that they had a chance to be here uh, with us this weekend. One verse of scripture, Mark chapter 9, verse 27. And I'll let you be seated. And, and I know already that there's kids watching the clock. <laughs> they, they're like, please don't be long, Pastor. Please don't be long. They know uh, that uh, there's... Joy awaiting on the other side of this message. So uh, we're going to preach and get, get to them, let them get up there and have some fun today. But Mark chapter 9 and verse 27, I, I wanted to just, man, you ever have one of them scriptures that just goes, look at here. It's like not, not one of them like you're in trouble slaps. It's one of them, check this out. And that's what the Lord just uh, says. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. I'm here to talk to somebody today that feels like you've been knocked down. There's a way up. Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. It wasn't just Jesus holding him like a rag doll, but he, Jesus said, I, I'm going to pick you up and give you strength to stand on your own. He said, Jesus lifted him up and then he arose. I want to preach for a few minutes on this thought today. What doesn't kill you? What doesn't kill you? Let's pray together this morning. Lord, we love you and thank you. Oh God, for your helping hand and thank you for being in our presence today. We love you and magnify you. God, we just ask you to bless and touch our hearts. Lord, you see every need in the building, every struggle, every trial, every test. You know every tear that has been cried, every heart that's broke. But today you have the answer, and God, we praise you for it. Bless now the preaching of your word. Lord, let us hear it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise in this house.
Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Let's praise him in this house today. You just think it's over, but it ain't over. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. You can be seated. Come on. God bless you. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord. I thought about, man, Jesus is always trying to get us to be like him, isn't he? He, he rose. When they knocked him down, he got up. And he's just teaching us that, hey, it doesn't matter what knocks you down. I can get you back up. We want to throw in the towel sometimes, but he can get you back up. We want to quit sometimes. We want to rationalize it and say, well, it's the best thing. But listen, he can get you back up. I'm not just talking about where, he, where you're just a limp rag doll and you're saying, you know, you ever had a kid that just didn't want to go nowhere and you had to pick them up? They fell out on the floor in the store because you was walking away from the toy aisle and you had to just pick them up and they didn't get up. You just took them all the way to the car because that's... It's over for them. They, their life is over. They needed so bad, whatever it was on that aisle, if they were going to survive, they had to have it, and now they're dying. And so, but, you know, we feel like that sometimes, that this has got me, this is taking it out of me, but I want you to know today that uh, Jesus can get you up, and you know, uh, he, he can get you up. This story of this man, like we read this one scripture, and you're like, well, I don't know, maybe you don't know what he went through, maybe you know exactly where I'm at in the scripture, but uh, there was a man who brought his son. This is a story of, of dashed hopes and dreams, because there's nothing like, uh, you know, I, I imagine, uh, I know how I felt when we knew that we were going to have our first child, and then we had our, our first child, and uh, you know, there's nothing like having a child. Just, it's nothing like it. And because it's not just, oh, look how neat this little human is. I mean, that's a big part of it. But it's like all the dreams, all the hopes, all the expectations, things that you know that are, are there. You, you're going to teach them things. Who knows what they'll do? Who knows what they'll be? Who knows how they'll impact this world? You just, there's so many things. And, and I'm sure this man, he... Uh, he had a child and he had brought him. He came to Jesus. He said, I brought him to your disciples because he is, uh, he, he's just, uh, he has a dumb spirit within him is what it says. And wherever that spirit takes him, he tears him. He foams. He gnashes with his teeth. He, he's pining away. And your disciples couldn't cast him out. You know, all this celebration, all this joy. I don't know what time the, the Lord asked him, said, how long? Uh, you know, has this thing come on him? He said, well, from a child. It's been on him ever since he was just a child. And can you imagine how this family felt? Watching this child maybe take his first steps. I don't know when it hit him, but then all of a sudden, he's not the same. Something's got him. Something's happening. Something's tearing him up. Something is, is working on him, and he's pining away. He's just wasting away. He's a shell of what he could be. He's a shell of what he was, even as a child. And we've watched him grow, and over and over again, he's throwing him in the, the man says he tries to throw him in the water and drown him. He tries to throw him in the fire to burn him up. He's, he's just trying to kill him and take him out, and, and we're just watching all this pain and suffering and turmoil, and, and all this is going on. And, you know, I brought him because I need somebody to fix him. And the disciples couldn't do it. But Jesus said, bring him to me. Let's see what we can do here. Let me tell you, 
when you feel like there's not an answer, Jesus is always the answer. I said, when you don't feel like there's an answer, Jesus is always the answer. Listen, I'm telling you today, Jesus had other plans for that child, and Jesus has other plans for you. I don't know what's been tearing at you, what's been working on you, and you feel like I'm not the same as I was, but today Jesus can get you back up. Hello. Listen, he said, this, this thing's trying to destroy him. It's trying to kill him. He said, if you can do anything, Jesus, have compassion on us. And Jesus said, if you can believe it, all things are possible to him that believes. And this man said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Help me, God. He's throwing him in the water. He's throwing him in the fire. You feel like you've been in the water? Like you're about to drown in your situation? Like this fiery trial is about to burn you right up, but I'm telling you, there's a promise in the Scripture. God is with you in the fire, and he's with you in the flood. He, the prophet Isaiah said this, Isaiah 43, 1 and 2. He said, the Lord that created you, Jacob, and formed you, Israel. He said, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called you by my name. And we need to just preach right here for a minute. You are mine. I'm telling you, do you know who you belong to today? Can you hear what I'm, I'm telling you? He said, look, he said, you need to understand something. You're my people. Well, look, I know he's talking to Israel there, but we're his people. <laughs> Baptized in the one body by one spirit. We receive the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, have a father. And if you don't think you're his, you don't know what spirit you got. But if we have the spirit of Christ, we are his. He said, you are mine. You think about how you would tell somebody, hey, you mess with anybody, but you ain't messing with my kid. That one's mine, and I'll stand up for it. How do you think God does with his children? How do you feel like God will take care of his? Do you know who you belong to today? Have you forgotten who bought you, who purchased you, who shed his blood for your sins? Have you forgot who's coming back to get you one day? Have, you forgot, have we forgotten? Have we gotten so uh, just... I don't know, we've gotten so educated and we've gotten so far advanced that we forgot that we need him. I know sometimes we think in this life, mm, I'm grown and I can do it on my own. But friend, you're going to always need your mom and daddy. You're going to always need that, that family and you're going to always need your heavenly father. You're going to always need him because there's going to always be an enemy. There's going to always be a time that you find yourself in the next place, Isaiah 43 and 2. Because when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. Through the rivers, they won't overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you won't be burned, and neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. I'm telling you, you feel like you've been torn. You've been thrown to the ground. You've been through the fire, and you've been through the flood. But let me make one observation to you today. You're not dead. Well, maybe some of you are. I said, you've been through it. When this, when this devil got through with that boy, they thought he was dead. But he wasn't. And let me tell you, you've been through it. You say, I've been through the ringer, Pastor. I've been through hell on earth. I've been through grief. I can't imagine. I've had heartache and pain and trouble and things happening. But let me, you're not dead. You're still here. You're still living. You're still breathing. You still got a God. And you still got a purpose. They say what didn't kill you makes you stronger. Well, let me tell you, I tell you what, what didn't kill you just gives you another opportunity to get it right. 
Hey, it might have knocked you down, but you ain't out. Mm. Listen, if you're not dead, you're alive. And I'm not saying there's not a battle going on. It's a real enemy trying to destroy you, but God has plans for you. You say, whoo, but it's gotten so worse lately. It feels like it's getting harder. Well, you know, every time when Jesus started to talk, when he said, hey, bring that kid here, and he started talking, he said that devil grabbed him and started tearing at him and making him foam and, and threw him on the ground. Listen, the enemy does all he can to kill you, to fight you, because he does not want Jesus to speak that word of restoration into your life. He does not want you to hear the words that will get you back up on your feet. He doesn't want you to hear words that will encourage you and build your faith. He only wants you to see what's happening in front of you. But we walk by faith and not by sight. Can I tell you as real as heartache and pain are? They're only temporary. They are. Ain't going to be no heartache and pain in heaven. Temporary. Ain't going to be no tears in heaven. That's temporary. The Bible says we don't look at the things that are temporary. Because that's things we can see, but we look at the things that we don't see, the things that are eternal. We trust God. We believe God, and God's going to come through. And I, I'm telling you, if you're going to keep on, if you don't want to just bury yourself, you don't want to go ahead and plan your funeral, then you start looking for the hand that's reaching down to pick you up. Yeah. You start looking for him. You wonder, why has this gotten so much hotter? Why is this so much worse? Why is the struggle much more intense? It's because the closer Jesus gets, the more the enemy is going to try to drown it out. He's going to try to fight you. He don't want you to hear that word, be made whole. He don't want you to hear them words of encouragement that says you can do it. Get back up. Live. He didn't want Lazarus to hear, hey, come forth. He, he don't want nobody to hear, open your eyes or open your ears or take up your bed and walk. He don't want to hear nobody. He don't want us to hear, I forgive you, I love you, I'm still with you. He don't want us to hear all that. And let me tell you, the devil can't stand it, but he can't stop it. Oh, he don't want, you, he don't want Jesus speaking into your life. He, when when uh, Jesus uh, came and those people came, they brought that young man there and said, that foul spirit, man, it, it, it cried, it tore that guy, but it came out. Hey, it might be tough before it's over, but it'll be over. It might be hard, but it'll be over. It said it came out of him, and he was as one that was dead. And as much as everybody looked around and said, he's dead. A lot of people would give up on you. Yeah, they were doing good, but this took them out. They was doing good. They, they had promise. They had hope, but this is going to get them. Not when Jesus is around. Everybody there had an opinion on this young man. Wow. They saw it. They watched it. And they said, he is dead. And Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. It ain't over till Jesus says it's over. Who do you belong to today? Are you his? What does it kill you makes you stronger? Well, maybe. But what does it kill you gives you another opportunity. Let me tell you, when this young man got up and he was free of what was troubling him and trying to kill him, look, don't get caught in that dead zone. Don't get caught in that place where I'm just dead. I'm, I'm emotionally dead. I'm spiritually dead. Why? He's the resurrection. You serve the life. 
You serve the resurrection and the life. You serve the one who can do anything. That's who you serve. Pastor, that sounds kind of harsh and cold and insensitive. No, it's not insensitive. It's not insensitive. You think this father didn't know what his kid was going through? He said, well, son, you need Jesus. You think I don't know what people go through? I know. But you know what? You need Jesus. Because ain't a soul living can fix it for you. But Jesus can. You hear me? Jesus can. He can do it. And so with all that he did to this boy, for all the years that he lived with it, he's not dead. And when he stands back up on his feet, hope revives. He'll be able to have what he uh, couldn't have before. The space of time that, that all this thing attacked him, it's over with. It's done. I don't know if he remembers it. His mom and dad sure remembered it. But every time they could look and see him, they could be thankful to Jesus for lifting him up and taking care of him. He arose. So what doesn't kill you? Well, I tell you what, what doesn't kill you was a missed opportunity by the enemy. Because if he could have killed you, he would have. If he could have took you out, because he knows if they get out of here with faith, if they get out of here with a miracle, if they come out of this, hey, that's why he wanted Job to curse God and die. Because he knew God is just liable to bless the latter end of Job greater than he ever was. And all the stuff that I took away, that won't even matter anymore because Job will be blessed greater than he ever was. What does not kill you, it gives you another opportunity to be better. It gives you another opportunity to fix those relationships. It gives you an opportunity to be a better person, friend, child, parent, husband, wife. It gives you a chance to make amends, to forgive and be forgiven. It gives you a chance to change and turn your life around. Come on, anybody can testify to that? How many times should you not have made it home? How many times did you have to figure out how you made it home? How come all these other people didn't make it home? I don't know. God's got a plan. But what I can tell you is this, is that all those nights I drove home and didn't know how I got home, if the enemy could have stopped it there, he would have. But he didn't. And I'm here preaching the word today. I've been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm on my way to heaven, and I'm going to do everything I can. What didn't kill me was simply a mistake by the enemy because now I'm going to keep telling people that Jesus can do it. I'm going to keep telling them that there's a way out. I'm going to keep telling them that there's an answer. I'm going to keep telling people there's hope, there's deliverance. Listen, John 10 and 10, Jesus he said, man, you've got, you've got a, 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 an enemy, a thief. He comes just to steal, kill, and destroy. I love this scripture because it, it, it just shows this is coming to your life. There is a thief. He wants to steal from you your joy, your peace, your hope, your happiness, everything that he can from you. He wants to kill your faith, kill your walk, kill you if he could, and destroy any kind of dreams you ever had but Jesus said not that I am coming he said but I am come I'm already there I'm already right there I am come 
that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. I'm already with you. When you're going through it, I'm with you. That's why I said you're mine. And when you walk through the waters, it ain't going to overflow you. When you go through the fire, you're not going to be burned. Come on, somebody. Weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I get my joy from the Lord. And whoever said that people who come through hell on earth and make big mistakes can't have this life more abundantly, that's false. You think, well, I, you feel damaged because you, your memory doesn't go away. So you can remember the hurt. You can remember the tragedies. You can remember the mistakes and the messes you made. You can remember all that stuff. And you think, well, I'm just not worthy of this life more abundantly. But the Lord just said, we are. He said, I come to give you that. I come to make sure you understand that whatever happened, whether it was theft or, or murder or destruction, I'm bringing life in life more abundantly. I come to fix what's been broken. I come to fix what's been torn down. Listen, there's no classes of spiritual society in this place. Abundant life is for all of us. I don't know what you did or what was done to you. I don't know how bad it was or how big of a hold it had or has on you, but it made a mistake when it didn't kill you. It made a mistake when you, got, when you get, got up. It made a mistake when you had another chance to make it because now, oh, what an impact you can make. We are made overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. When we start telling what Jesus did, how Jesus brought me through, oh, how Jesus made a way, how Jesus took care of me, how Jesus helped me, how Jesus healed me, how he delivered me, how he set me free, how he washed my sins away, how he bound up my broken heart, how he opened up the prison door. Come on, somebody. that's what he did. That's the scripture, that's what he did. You'll be like the psalmist in Psalm 118 and 17. I shall not die, but live. Come on, you going through something right now? You ought to just lift your voice up and say, I shall not die. Come on, you're being tried right now. You're in trouble right now. You got some things going on, and it feels like it's just pulling the energy out of you, you pining away like that little boy was. You need to lift your voice right now with a statement of faith and say, I shall not die, but live. See, don't stop with just I won't die. You need to live. You need to get out and get the living. Hello. The Lord saved us so we could live. He died for us so we could live. He came and set us free so we could live. Not just be, not just be undead, but live. Live a life. Tell somebody about him. Have some joy. Have some hope. Have some peace. Have some comfort. Come on, somebody. Have some victory in your life. I shall not die, but live. I might feel like I'm getting thrown all over the place, but let me tell you, I'm going to get back up. Don't rejoice against me, enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. I'm not staying down. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. I'm not just going to go about my business like nothing happened. I'm going to tell somebody, whoo, what Jesus did. 
There were people in the scripture and the Lord would heal them. He said, don't tell nobody. Oh, yeah, right, Jesus. Hey, this man healed my eyes. This man straightened me out. He got me off that bed. He opened up my ears. Come on. They just, they couldn't. He said, they just kept noising it abroad, telling everybody. So Jesus couldn't go nowhere. Because everywhere I go, people's lining up. Miracle. I need a miracle. I need a miracle. Oh, I wish it was like that today. I wish that people were just lining up at churches all across the country, across the world, saying, I heard that Jesus was here. I heard that Jesus was here. Somebody told me Jesus was in here. And if he did it for them, he can do it for me too. Why do you think Bartimaeus was so excited? A blind man that had never seen him. But when he heard, hey, what's this parade or crowd? Something's happening. I can hear what's going on. You know, uh, you know, Something's going, oh, Jesus of Nazareth is coming. Jesus! Yes. The son of David. Yes. Hey, boy, shh. Hey, hush. Jesus! What is the matter with you? Hey, bud, are you blind? Well, no. Then shut up and get out of my way. Jesus! Oh. <laughs> Don't let nobody stop you. From getting better? From, don't let nobody stop you from seeing again. Don't let nobody stop you from getting to Jesus. To tell you how good Jesus is. It said, and Jesus stopped. Jesus walking down the road. And he stopped. You realize that you could actually stop the Lord in his tracks. He'll stop right where you are. If your need is great enough. And when I don't mean and what I mean is like he's not measuring that. What's your motivation for a miracle? Or are you just satisfied living like you are? Or do you want to be better? Do you want to be whole? Listen, it's been awful. And it may have nearly killed you. But unless you're a zombie, you're alive in here today. You're sitting in the house of the Lord today. You're sitting in the presence of the Lord today. And I'm telling you, God can heal your heart. God can fix your mind. He can set you. That one man said, I was in a horrible pit. And we just think, naturally, he was just in an awful hole in the ground. But I think it was the pit of his emotions. He was in a circumstance and, and he couldn't get out of it. He said, it was miry clay. He said, I couldn't, I couldn't get out. It, it just had me. Every time I tried to move, I just sunk a little farther. And I, was, I kept getting more stuck and more stuck. And finally, the Lord, he took me out. And he put me on a solid rock. And said, he established my goals. He just pulled me out and said, okay, just wait here. He said, man, get going. You're not stuck anymore. You're not in the pit anymore. Get going. Why, why didn't he just say Lazarus? Because he didn't want to wake him up and Lazarus live in a tomb. Lazarus, come forth. Hey, you're alive. Get out of there. You're alive, buddy. Get out of there. Hey, somebody get them grave clothes off of him. Get him out of here. He's alive. He's not dead. Why did the father put the robe and the ring and the shoes back on his son's feet? Because he was alive again. He said, it's like he's been dead. But now he's alive. So I'm not going to uh, treat him like a dead man. I'm going to celebrate him. 
And the Lord is letting you know here today, you hear what the preacher is saying to you today. You're not dead, you're alive. You're living, you're breathing. Hey, you might be hurt, you might be broken, you might be going through it, but you're not dead. And if... You know, everybody knows just about, I I love lions. Incredible animals. Strong, fierce, you know, they they call them king of the beasts and things like that, but just beautiful creatures to me. And I don't ever want to see one in the wild. Not unless I'm behind something or driving. Or I, I don't want to walk up on one or one walk up on me. And they're, they're majestic. And they, they, many things can, can whoop a lion. But even the Scripture calls the Lord the Lion of Judah, of the tribe of Judah. So, you know, we love lions. Love lions. But the Bible says that as great and strong and powerful as a lion is, he said there is more hope of a living dog than a dead lion. Because, you know, a lion, as beautiful as he is, if he's dead, he just starts decaying. Can't scare nobody, chase nobody, eat nobody, fight nobody, can't nothing. You can walk up and kick him and hit him. He ain't got to worry about nothing. He said there's more, and, you know, in the Scripture, dogs are like, He'll be called a dog. But he said, there's more hope of a, a living dog than there is a dead lion. You may feel like a dog. You ever, that's, a, that's a southern thing. You're just an old dog. And you might feel like just an old dog. Being kicked and whipped and beat. Like you're just going through it. But there is more hope of a living dog than a dead lion. I'm telling you, there there is opportunity awaiting you right now. There are people that you can minister to and reach right now. There are things that you can still do and still have right now because you are not dead. You're alive. It tried to kill you. Maybe not even physically really kill you, but it tried to kill your faith. It, It tried to kill your confidence. It tried to kill your hope. It tried to kill your desire. But the Lord said, I'm here to make it alive. And it, because it didn't kill it. You know, the Lord told Peter, he said, Peter, Satan has desired to have you to sift you as wheat. He said, but I prayed for you that your faith fails not. And don't you think that when Peter denied the Lord that last time, it says in, in the book of Luke, I think it is, it says the Lord turned and looked at him. And when he knew, oh, man, this is awful. This is bad. How, how bad do you feel after you just swore I'll die with you and I just denied you three times? How bad do you feel? Do you not think that the enemy wanted to sift him, destroy his faith? Because, hey, that's the guy with the keys to the kingdom. But Peter didn't die. And his faith didn't die. And his calling didn't die. And he may have felt real bad and had a lot of regret over what he did, but he was still alive. And it was Peter that stood up on the day of Pentecost and preached, and 3,000 souls were added to the church that day. And it was Peter that preached to the Gentiles in Cornelius' house. And we just read on and on about what Peter did because what didn't kill him was a mistake. What didn't kill him was another opportunity for him to do what God had called him to do.
I'm not going to die. I'm going to live. And I'm going to declare the works of the Lord. Now, hey, hey, now I can help somebody else be somebody. I can help someone. Uh, I, I can praise the Lord. I can do a work for him. I can, I can go to heaven. I can help somebody else go. I can make somebody else an overcomer. Give them a testimony. Testimonies birth testimonies. Yeah. Testimonies birth testimonies. How do you think all these people got testimonies? Somebody had to be the first one. They went, hey, I saw what he could do. How do you think Bartimaeus got his testimony? What, what made him holler for Jesus? Because he had already heard what this man can do. Somebody had testified and declared, hey, maybe Jesus come by Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus must not have no friends, could carry him nowhere, but uh, he said, if Jesus ever comes by, make sure you see, you know, see him. But, uh, oh, okay. So when he heard it was Jesus, something clicked. Hey, I heard about him. Now Bartimaeus has got a testimony. And he could tell another blind man, hey, guess what? You don't have to stay like this. And guess what? You've been through all kinds of, you can, you can find somebody else that's going through the same thing. So you know what? You don't have to stay like this. I survived, you can too. I got better, you can too. I'm living for the Lord, you can too. He delivered me, he can deliver you. Testimonies, birth testimonies. But if we all lay down and die, where's the church? Where's the overcoming? Where's the testimony? Where's the proof? Let's stand together this morning. Come on, I, I, I hope kids, I hope that hadn't been too long. But I needed to help somebody today. You know, in Jeremiah, I actually mentioned some of this scripture today in the first lesson, but we, we, we always quote Jeremiah 29 and 11 and the context of the scripture, Israel, 70 years in captivity, 70 years out of their homeland, 70 years without their own king, 70 years being ruled by somebody else. You know, it's, it's not where they want to be, it's just, but it's where they are. But they're not dead. So the Lord said this. He said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Then you should call upon me and go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. And you'll seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. But then he says, I'll be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity. And I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, saith the Lord. And I will bring you again into the place where I caused you to be carried away captive. I'm gonna, God's got plans for your restoration. He doesn't give up or forget about you even in captivity. No matter what you're going through, the Lord says, I know what I think about you. When your heart's broke, I know what the Bible says, the Lord is nigh unto them that of a contrite spirit and a broken heart. He, he knows he's right there with them. He said, I'm here. I'm not going to leave you, but sometimes I've got to let you go through it. Trials are necessary, more precious than gold than perishes, the scripture says. And so, God doesn't give up. He doesn't forget. 
He's going to restore you, heal you, fix you. God's got a plan to get you back in place. So while she's getting ready to play, I am going to open the altars. And while you hear me now, it didn't kill you. So why not take advantage of that today? Why not today take advantage of the fact that, hey, you know what? This has been the hardest time of my life. But I'm still here. This has been awful, but I'm still here. I have fought and wondered if I would make it, but hey, I'm still here. Why not today come find a place for just a moment? Let's come and pray and let the Lord restore you. Let the Lord do a work. Let the Lord bless you and touch you in this house today.